Hello everyone, this is episode 698 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, December 13th, 2019. I am your host, Mark Viznez, and today I'll be talking about Dead End Job, Headliner, Novi News, Rift Keeper, Ultimate Racing 2D, Stretch Arcade, and Go! That is uh, a soccer game. I'm afraid that how long I'd stretch that out, and I could have stretched it out way longer, but I think I already stretched it out way too long to annoy enough people to make them turn it off. Uh, that is Golonzo, an arcadey soccer game, or football, if you live anywhere other than the States. But before I get to all those games that I've been playing, and I've played some other ones for Attack the Backlog, which I might touch upon very briefly. There was a bit of news that happened since the last episode, including the Game Awards. Those happened last night. A lot of things were announced. Some big things, surprisingly big things, were announced at the Game Awards. So I'll talk about that. But before I get to the Game Awards, I did talk about the Polymega last episode and how they were going to tweet out an update at some point in the week, with the week not having much left. And they did. It was a link to a blog post on their site that included a bunch of information, but the most important detail is that they expect to... I I can't remember if they said they expect to ship it out or get it in people's hands within 90 days. I think their window was like February of 2020. They expect to have the product finalized and all that and put it through testing and have it there and ready to ship to people in fall, not fall, February of 2020. So we still have to wait and see if that actually happens. But that's, it's something. It's better than nothing. And I haven't really checked their Twitter since to see what they're tweeting now. If they're just back to tweeting the same old stupid little gifs and shit like that, which no one really cares about. It's like, oh, look at this. Here's a gif of this game. You like this game, right? You'll be able to play it on our system. If it actually does come out, I, I, I want to believe. I want to believe. Um, and also, there were a few trailers that were released. I guess the, the biggest one would be Ghostbusters Afterfall, which I watched and immediately thought, ah, I don't know about this. Then I watched it again and thought, this doesn't look too bad. My thing about it that I think is making me a little hesitant or just is something that turns me off is that I don't know the kid's name or maybe he's like a young adult now at this point I don't know how old he is but the kid who plays I think it's Mike from uh, Stranger Things and the kid with glasses I believe in the It reboot I hate that kid I think he's an incredibly annoying actor, and when I've seen him in interviews and stuff, he seems really annoying. I, I just there's something about him that irritates the hell out of me, and I want to be able to get past that because I think the movie looks all right, but also at the same time, uh, what's his name? Jason Reitman, I think that's his name. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of his work. I think he's made a lot of stinkers, uh, some stuff that I've enjoyed to some degrees, but I don't love him like. A lot of other people do. Anywho, the Game Awards. So, if I miss something, and when I say if, I mean when I miss something, because I'm just going off the top of my head, I'm not looking at, like, 
a summary of all the stuff that happened. Uh, don't hate me. I'm just, you know, remembering the things that stood out to me. And I know people are probably saying, oh, it's, it's got to be this that stood out to you the most. This must be the biggest news to you. You will be wrong 100% of the time. I doubt anyone knows what I'm most excited about from the Game Awards. And I'm excited based on the hope that this is what kind of game it's saying it's going to be. Because the trailer they showed was garbage. I don't think it showed any gameplay. And it was this really weird, disorientating camera shaky. Like, I, I fucking hated the trailer. But then when I saw these two words pop up on screen, I'm like, what? What? Are you, are you serious? Is this really happening? I want to see this game. Show me this game. Show me that it is what it is. What I, at least I, I, I think it is. And that is, of course, but not of course, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. I've talked about it plenty of times on the show in the past, how much I love the Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance series from the PS2 generation. I love the first one. I love the second one. I think the first one is the one I like the most. Uh, and that might just be because it was the first. I, I remember the second one being cool in that it added dual wielding, which was awesome. But I think there's something about maybe the environments or something, or I don't know what that. It just didn't quite reach the the pinnacle of the first for me. But I loved both those games, include and uh, the Champions of North Norrath games as well, which were I think those were PS2 exclusives because they were made by the Sony Studio. Um, but I love those games. They're Diablo-esque, but more zoomed in. And I just, I had such a blast with them. And I've been wanting them to bring back the Dark Alliance series for a very, very long time. I would love to also see, in addition to this, a, a remaster of the first two games. But um, I'm pretty sure this new Dark Alliance game is going to be like the old Dark Alliance games. But I'm not 100% sure because the trailer was ass. It's just like... That's like some shaky cam, weird shit. I, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what that camera or what that trailer was doing. Other than like, okay, you're showing me a bunch of these characters or classes. Um, killing a bunch of things in the cinematic. But I want to see gameplay of Dark Alliance. How can there be another Dark? I can't believe there's another Dark Alliance game. That, to me, is ridiculous and awesome. Um, but the biggest announcement is probably the reveal of the new Xbox's name and the look of the machine and I don't know if they really showed anything else or gave any other details but it's called Xbox Series X which you know what I don't I don't know what I think of the name it can easily be confused with the Xbox One X which is a little not great but um when you ditch the traditional one two three four naming scheme um then everything's out the window and what, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm curious if they're going to return to the numbering scheme with um, this. Uh, you know, Xbox One or Xbox. I'm already Xbox Series X2, X3, X4. And I'm sure they'll probably have an Xbox Series S, which will be a cheaper version. No pricing was revealed. No details about the hard drive or anything. So I'm assuming that we're going to get more of the specs and all that at E3, um, and they might still be waiting to iron, not iron anything, but put anything in cement until Sony says what they're doing, so that they can maybe, okay, well, Sony just said they're going to be doing this, and we were planning to add this, but 
since Sony's doing it, we, we gotta do it. We can't be the weaker system. So, it, it was a surprise though to see the reveal of the name and the look of the machine at the Game Awards. So the machine is way bigger than I thought it was gonna be, and I'm curious why it's that size. I don't have a problem with the design because for me, I, I don't really care about the way systems look because I just put them in a little dark corner under my desk and I never really look at them. I might, you know, put a disc in them or whatever, but I'm not looking at them. They're not out in the open where I can see them. I don't care. And I much prefer something that looks very plain than to something that looks overly designed. Like, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the PS4 and its slanted hamburger thing, but... Well, that's the, the slim. I can't remember uh, what the... I think the PS4 is just slanted. Uh, and then the, the slim is the hamburger-y one. Not overly fond of that, but at the same point, it's under this thing. I don't look at it and be like, oh, that's kind of not great looking. It's just like, whatever, who cares? Um, the, the only problem I'd say with the Series X is that it looks significantly larger than any of their other, like it looks huge. Um, they also announced that the controller that's gonna come with the Series X, which will have a dedicated share button, will be backward compatible and work with the Xbox One, which is nice. Um, and yeah, I I'm excited to learn more, but you know, they didn't show all that much. They did reveal a new Hellblade game, which is very, very exciting. I adore Hellblade, Sending and Sacrifice, the first game, which is definitely in my top 10 of the decade, whenever I get around to making that list. And I thought Ghost of Tsushima looked really, really good. Maybe I just wasn't in the right mood for the last time they showed footage of that game, or maybe what they showed was significantly different, or they showed a, a more a wider patch of the game, a bigger variety. But I thought that looked very good. Like, it has the chance to be the best PS4 game ever. Not that I, I think there are a lot of amazing... Like, I, I wasn't blown away by God of War, as you know, and uh, I didn't care all that much about Spider-Man. Um, my favorite's still Ratchet & Clank, but Ghost of Tsushima looks pretty damn good. And pretty damn pretty with a summer 2020 release. Which leads me to think... Or, I didn't look this up, but I just want to know when exactly does summer end? Because I'm assuming it's going to come around the end of summer. With that being, I don't know, September, maybe? Because that's what they did with God of War and Spider-Man. They had God of War in April, and then Spider-Man in September. And with The Last of Us coming out in May, I don't think they want to release that in May, and then goes to Tsushima in June. Um, I, I'm not interested in The Last of Us anymore, but I, if I was interested in both, uh, I, I would be hesitant to buy one after the other so quickly. Um, what else was there that stood out to me? Um, I don't know. It, it was an award show. I'm still a little annoyed by how so many of the awards are just one given off or given out really early before the show starts uh, in this little off the the side not even off the side of it, it's just like this little booth thing or whatever where they do the presentation and and then jeff during the regular show has a bunch of awards that he gives out like it, it bums me out that 
the best VR game, which went to Beat Saber, was just this thing that they, they didn't even get to say anything in that space. It's just like, oh, Beat Saber won, yay, congrats to them. I, I would much rather see the creators of Beat Saber get to say something uh, for winning as opposed to seeing Green Day do some fucking 12... Like, Green Day did a long essay. I skipped through it all and I just kept skipping and skipping. I'm like, holy shit, this keeps going on and on and on. And they had churches and... I think Grimes, I don't, I, I don't, I've heard the name Grimes. I know nothing about it. I think it's a her. <laughs> I didn't really pay attention to that number. Uh, it sounded not great either. Uh, like Whatever, their number was like, is there a performance going on? Or is there just like some humming or something? Um, but uh, yeah, it's three hours. It was long. And I already forgot a bunch of it. It was just like, whatever. Uh, um, so yeah, to what I've been playing. So Dead End Job is a twin stick shooter with some nice colorful art where you play as a ghost busting fella. You got like a little gun vacuum cleaner thing attached to your back. And you go on jobs where you have to save civilians who have been kidnapped in a, in a, a sense by ghosts. And you do this by shooting them until their health bar is depleted and then They'll get uh, a little woozy, and then you take that time when they're um, woozy. <laughs> woozy is not the right word. Um, and you suck them up with your vacuum cleaner. And that builds up your XP bar, which will allow you to improve your character via promotions. So you can gain uh, faster bullets, the ability to shoot more bullets at once, extra health. Uh, your gun and vacuum cleaner work off a heat system so heat is building up as you're using it and if you uh, don't take a break from using it it'll overheat so you can build up so that you can shoot more before overheating uh, there's one ability I really like that allows you to completely uh, deplete all, all that that heat build up uh, when you suck up a ghost and it's a fun little game my problem is that it is very much so a rogue light in that you're going through this dead end job of, of taking on these ghosts and you have 30 days to raise money to open up different areas and that's how long your job lasts and when you die in a mission because I, I got over zealous I, I was doing too much in a level. I completed what I needed to do, but then I kept going further even though I only had one life left. I was just like, whatever. I, I'm, I'm going to risk it. And I failed a mission, which gives you a demotion. And I thought, okay, I'm going to lose my most recent promotion. But when I re-jumped in the world, and I didn't know how the system worked, so when I re-jumped into the world, the hardest area in the game, and realized no, I lost everything. I lost all of my 18 promotions that I built up over the course of like an hour of playtime I could barely do damage like it took way longer to do damage against these enemies and ended up failing and I was just like you know what I'm, ki I'm kind of done with this I'm not happy that this is how it works you don't carry anything over if I unlock this HR thing or whatever which would have them yell at me or something instead of taking away all my shit that wouldn't happen I didn't realize that was what that would have done or I would have gotten it 100%. But 
I didn't realize uh, that's how the system worked, and it really annoyed the shit out of me. Um, uh, and I, I'm sure it probably made that very clear at some point. I, I don't want to say it's on me, but uh, maybe they did make it super clear. And when that was the case, it just it, it was very frustrating to lose all that progress. Um, and it was a real bummer because as a twin stick shooter, it feels pretty good. I would say that if you do pick it up and play it there is a ability you can get which allows like once you have two projectiles for your gun there's an ability that allows you to spread those out so that they'll shoot wider and allow you to hit multiple targets at once and i think that's how they push the code now you'll be able to hit more targets easily don't get that because it fucking sucks the way it works is that instead of shooting straight <laughs> It makes sense that this is how it would work, but since you're no longer shooting straight and you're shooting at an angle for both sides, um, where you're aiming isn't where the bullets are going to go. So if a, 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 a ghost is directly to the right of you and you are pushing the right analog stick to the right, I'm playing this on Xbox One. I play all of these on Xbox One. And this is the game you're seeing if you are watching the video version. But if you're holding the right analog stick to the right to shoot the enemy at the right, when you have this ability, you're not going to hit the enemy unless you're right up on them. Because the bullets will be going a little off center for both sides because you've spread the, the shot out. And that sucks. You know, it would be nice to have that if you had three projectiles, one that went dead center and then the, one, the two on the left and the right. But since that's not how it works, because you only you still only have the two projectiles, it doesn't give you a third and spread them out. I highly recommend not getting that upgrade. But uh, it, it's a fun game. It feels good. It looks great. It has this really fun little dumb song when you start the game. Uh, it's maybe like 30 seconds. There are also like little story bits that I skipped pretty early on because I didn't care about any of the story. But the song is cute and silly the game is fun looks good i'm just not overly fond of the progression system in part because it caught me off guard and i wasn't expecting to lose all of that progress um i feel like i wanted to be more clear i i don't know it just it, it bummed me out when that happened because uh, i'm expect like the whole way it works in that you're losing a promo like I don't think of getting demoted if I was going up the ranks at a, a job that they're going to, you know, if I've gotten 18 promotions, that they're going to be okay. You know what? You failed at this one job. We're going to take, you're going back to the bottom. You're going back to cleaning out toilets and then you're going to have to work your way back up. It's like, that's not how it would happen. Come on. But uh, yeah, that is dead end job. Headliner Nova News is a game that came out on PC. Oh, Maybe like two years ago or something. I, I talked about it when it came out on PC. And, and I, I liked it. And now it's hitting consoles. I'm not sure which ones. But I was playing on Xbox One as I said. And this is a game where you play the editor of a newspaper. A news outlet. And over the course of two weeks you are doing your job. Uh, approving stories. Uh, or saying no to a story. While stuff is happening outside the world that may affect what you choose to publish, not publish. You have family who uh, you talk to and are involved with who may 
push you in a direction to uh, what you approve and not. You'll gain friendships. You play through the game and you'll unlock new characters and new storylines for future players. Because it's very much a game about replaying it to see how things play out because things can get very crazy. It's a world where uh, you have to deal with the, the sense of closing off your society to other foreign countries and healthcare, mental illness, you know, a lot of these you know, kind of touchy subjects or whatever. And it's reminiscent of stuff like Papers, Please, in that sense. Uh, if you played We Are Happy Few, um, it's like the intro where you're doing those jobs, but it's just the entire game. The art is fine. Music's all right. But it, it's a nice little short experience. It probably takes you two hours to get through the game once, and then, of course, you can replay it because things will play out rather differently. You get a little summary when you do get to the last day of what happened. Like, oh, this this happened to you. This happened to this person. This and um, this this city can really take a nosedive and go into like you can really like it's showing you how much effect the news has on things and how much it can influence people. Um, how much power you have as an editor, and yeah, it's pretty good. I like it, it's like I said, a game that you can replay a few times and still get a lot out of it. Then Rift Keeper is a roguelike, uh, very reminiscent of Dead Cells. It feels very much like a bargain bin Dead Cells. It's from publisher, sometimes you, which means I was very hesitant and worried when I first started playing it. And it is rough around the edges on a, from a visual standpoint, UI standpoint, a lot of standpoints, all the standpoints, but it feels pretty okay to uh, play. Like the controls are fairly good. I, I thought it felt pretty good. You have a basic dodge roll, uh, attack, double jump, and uh, a ranged attack along with your regular attack block if you're using a weapon that has a shield. And the enemies all have their specific patterns, a lot of them being able to be dodged or, or distract them or like you get in front of them, they get into their attack, you roll behind them and they're left open to attack. So it feels pretty good. There's a decent challenge, but I think it's pretty easy to get into a groove and take on a lot of enemies. It, the one thing that you should be aware of, because it, in, it, in it being a roguelite, uh, and I, I read some people who were misinformed, or maybe this game was in early access on PC and it wasn't fully there yet. Uh, when you die in a level, because you're going to this dungeon over and over and over again. You have to go through it nine times to reach the boss. And I played a bit of it, I haven't gotten to the boss yet because I was beaten by like a sub-boss that I didn't know was going to be there. When you die, you lose all of your items. So all the weapons armor, trinkets that you're wearing that improve your stats, they're all gone. Uh, and the gold you have, you lose maybe 30% of it when you die. And, and a lot of people were complaining that it kind of sucks that you lose everything. But you don't lose everything. You still keep the progress you get via these skill orbs that you find in the level. Which, I can understand people not realizing that system is in the game because it is 
in the fountain or whatever where you do this. And the only way you would know that you're able to upgrade yourself is by noticing for the split second when you walk past the fountain to get to the rift that allows you to go to the dungeons that it says, you know, you interact with fountain or whatever. And in there, you can use these orbs you find off of corpses that you, you kill to give yourself some permanent boost to damage, health, speed, and gold finding. Um, so you still make some progress even when you die. But knowing that I lost everything, all my items and everything was a surprise. I didn't realize I was gonna lose everything. I thought I'd just lose gold or something. Um, it did make me hesitant to wanna buy anything until I, I felt like I had upgraded my character more fully and that I wouldn't be throwing money away by spending on an item that I would end up losing a few trips down the dungeon. But um, if you're looking for a game like Dead Cells, if you haven't played Dead Cells, or I mean, if you have played Dead Cells, that is pretty okay. I think it's 10 bucks. Um, Rift Keepers worth checking out. Uh, like I said, it's rough around the edges. Visually, it looks okay. Um, but it, it feels pretty good. I, I was surprised by the decent time I was having with it, which may not sound like a glowing endorsement, but especially coming from Sometimes You, which is a very iffy publisher, uh, Riftkeeper is surprisingly solid. And Stretch Arcade is a game where you are... These things are coming in from the side... Uh, your little like circle in the middle you can't move your whatever you are and you just need to press the buttons that are corresponding to the things that are coming in to attack the core of the thing in the the middle of the screen and the buttons or, or the objects will have face buttons or directions corresponding to what you have to press so it'll have uh, on xbox it's axyb and up down left right and as you progress and get to higher levels they'll move quicker we'll have more of them to deal with you have access to health that you can press with the left bumper to, uh, if you're getting really damaged and an like, atomic bomb that will destroy everything on screen with the right bumper that you earn by getting strings of uh, correct inputs. And it's, it's okay, but it's very basic. There's not a lot there for replayability. It's the kind of game that you would play, I'm not sure how much it costs, but it is very much an achievement slash trophy type of game where you play it, you get all the achievements in, I don't know, 30 minutes to 60 minutes. Then you're done with it and you never want to play it again because there's not much going on there. Then Ultimate Racing 2D is a game that is a top-down 2D racer, which is a type of racer I really, really like. And it feels pretty good. It, it looks okay. I mean, it, it looks very budget-ass-y. Um, like, reminiscent of Xbox Live Indie games. So it doesn't look all that great. The, the UI and the menus and all that don't look that great. But it feels pretty good. Which is not something you should expect all the time with a game like this. I've played a lot of top-down 2D racers that feel very loose in terms of controls. Where turning just feels horrible. Uh, or stuff like that or and the the controls in ultimate racing 2d are, are pretty tight uh, which was a pleasant surprise however the game is way too difficult for its own good 
the difficulty is based on a 100 point scale and I dropped it down to zero after ending up in last in every single race or I maybe I gotten 10th on one race when it was set to easy 40 um, in, in the tournament or the event and then I dropped it down to zero and did the event again and I won two of the races and then got like in third or like sixth in one race and third in the other and to me that is ridiculous I I don't think it should be difficult to get in the first place when playing on zero out of a hundred with the base card but that's the way the game is set up it's, it's all about grinding so that you earn cash so that you can get better cars for that particular tournament and then move on to the next tournament with like you start on gold carts and then you move to like regular dinky cars and then you know you'll progress to faster and faster and bigger cars and it just it bums me out that the game feels good but it has this horrible difficulty level and grind in it that just makes me so disinterested in playing it it's a real bummer because I, I like the way it feels but I have no desire to play it because I just I don't want to I don't have time for that shit and it's annoying because you're gonna have to re go through that process every single new class of card you get to because you'll be stuck with the the cheat model you might have money you've earned over the the last cars races but still not enough to get the best car so you're still you're still gonna have to grind and then you're like okay well do I grind in this uh, class of cars or do I go back to the one where I have a fast car and just keep playing that until I get enough money to get the fastest car in the next one so that I will definitely not have any issue being in the front of the pack so it's it's just annoying in that sense and then Galanzo is an arcadey soccer game that feels pretty good. I was surprised. It, it doesn't look too bad. It's got like a cell shady look to it. It feels pretty good. The the sliding, tackling, the passing and shooting. However, your AI teammates seem incredibly stupid when you pass the ball. When you pass the ball, what it does is that like I don't even know how to describe it because it just feels weird. I pass the ball to a teammate and the teammate who is going to receive the ball, they stop but the ball is definitely losing momentum and the AI teammate is not making any uh, play to get to the ball uh, if it's losing that momentum. You have to uh, change to them yourself to get the ball and then continue. Like It's just it's weird because I've gotten points or plenty of points where I'd pass the, the ball to a teammate, not switch to them, and then they would just stand there waiting for the ball to get there as going slower and slower and then a, a, a guy from the other team just takes the ball because the AI just doesn't give a shit, doesn't want to get the ball. Um, shooting also, instead of you being able to aim after you start pressing the shooting button to build up the meter, uh, it, it shoots in the direction you are facing. So you have to be facing the goal to shoot head on, to, to aim it. Um, it. It's based off of that. But it, it feels pretty good I, I had fun with the one match I played I, I beat the team I don't know if I was playing like an easy difficulty or anything but I had fun with it uh, it's not gonna be like a lot it doesn't seem to be a lot of depth there but 
I had fun with it. Uh. So that was a, a pleasant little surprise. Um, that's it in terms of what I've been playing outside of the Attack the Backlog thing. So I played through Hotline Miami, which I fucking hated. Get excited for that episode. Played through Cat Quest, which I had a really good time with it. It's very repetitive, but it's super pretty. It's very cute. The, the combat wall repetitive and you do a lot of the same shit it's really satisfying uh, it's got a nice hook to it uh, and, and loop to it then I played Little Nightmares which I don't know if I mentioned that but Little Nightmares is alright and then I just finished One Piece uh, World Seeker which I'm in the process of writing the script and it's it's going to be a hard one to write because it is a maybe the biggest bummer of a game I've played since starting Attack the Backlog because I got I was so like this is this the game that made me commit to watching One Piece. I went from never watching an episode of One Piece to now being caught or being up to date with all 913 episodes of One Piece, and I've fallen in love with One Piece. I adore One Piece. It's, it's my favorite of those series. Um, you know, it top dry. I, I just I love One Piece. And I was so excited to play this game because I thought it looked really cool. And the one video I saw of it, uh, of Kyle Hilliard playing it on Game Informer's new gameplay today. And it just, it's not fun to play. And that's the issue. Like, it looks really good. And it has a really solid One Piece story. But it's a One Piece story that instead of having a lot of filler episodes, it has a lot of, imagine watching a One Piece storyline where... A lot of episodes are just you doing nothing. It's just really boring. The traversal system is okay, but it sucks whenever you're in the city or, or even when you're out in the, in the wild and you come across, uh, across an enemy outpost because so many of the enemies have guns and when they shoot you, boom, your momentum is stopped, you fall to the ground. And I had a point where, uh, on multiple occasions, where I would be gliding through the air, I'd get shot, I would grab on something to get moving again, I'd get shot again, and then I would fall down again, and then I'd try to propel myself again, get shot down, I'm like, what the, what is, like, this is not fun. Imagine playing Spider-Man, and you're swinging, and then an enemy shoots you, and then you just stop swinging, you fall to the ground, you try to swing again, you get shot again, and you fall, like, that's not fun. Uh, the combat sucks, the camera's terrible, um... There are these robot enemies that are pain in the ass. Uh, the way chapters are set up is frustrating in that they have a few chapters that are broken up into smaller like submissions that take maybe like two hours a piece, but then they'll have like chapter eight took me maybe like two hours to complete. Then chapters nine to fourteen took me like an hour and a half combined, maybe even less. That's fuck that's fucking terrible. Because so many of the missions are like the, the chapters are including just one main mission and I got to the point where I'm like I'm done with side missions they're not really giving me anything that I want anyway uh, so a lot of these missions just be like, hey, go over here and check on this person then you check on them maybe you'll fight a few bad guys chapter over and it's comprised of 16 chapters so I finished it in eight and a half hours and it was just a pain in the ass and on top of that to pad out the ending because there is a fast travel system when you heat you hit when you hit when you hit chapter 15 and 16 the, the final two chapters which uh, initiate the end game you can't fast travel anymore and the thing you have to do in the the 15th chapter is go around the entire map 
and just go to these various points and fight a handful of robots, which are a pain in the ass to deal with because they fly and they shoot you and they'll dodge you and just like, it's just a pain in the ass dealing with the, the combat system. But being forced to glide around this entire island was just a, a reminder of how frustrating the game is on so many levels. Because like, traversal system can feel good in brief moments. You know, every now and again you'll get into a groove and it's like, oh, this feels really good. And then you get shot three times in a row and you're like, fuck this goddamn shit. And it's just so frustrating. But I, the fact that they padded that out by saying, okay, now you can't fast drive anymore because that would make it way easier to get through this. So we're just going to fucking be a pile of garbage to you. And then the last chapter is just basically the boss fight. Um, real bummer. Real, real, real big bummer. But uh, as much as I, I, I'm disappointed with that game, it brought me to One Piece, and I can't be upset about that. So while I hate the game, I love One Piece, and it's all thanks to that game and that, that new game played today. So, yeah. That will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Vishnes. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on streaming services across... No, they're all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelatedsausage to watch this here show or Attack the Backlog. Go to youtube.com slash pixelatedsausage and watch them both there. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs. Also, played a little bit of the Apex Legends new mode, which is about capturing the train and all that. And I think it is only comprised of three teams of three players. Very different. Most different mode to date. I maybe kind of like it. I don't know. Because the way it works is that you, when you die, you don't get down. You can't be revived. And you just have to wait to respawn for the next point. And you have to capture the train three times. You have to capture each one of the cars. Uh, and it seemed not terrible. Uh, it's a little frustrating because the way it works is that instead of looting and getting guns and all that, everyone just has a base loadout per character everyone starts off with the blue shield and specific weapons and add-ons and what sucks is that i love bloodhound but he has potentially the worst loadout of the bunch a triple take which fucking i hate the triple take and then the p2020 which is a pistol uh, light ammo pistol which i hate uh, and then you have someone like um uh, wraith who has an r301 and oh, something else but um the mode itself seems not too bad. And I'm very happy about the event because I looked over all the cosmetics for the event. And I'm like, fuck it. I don't like any of these. The R301 skin is pretty cool. And I think the Watson skin is very cute. But I hate Watson. It's my least favorite character. So I don't need that. And as much as the R301 skin looks nice, I'm like, well, if I really want it, I can craft it. I don't need to waste any money on loot boxes for that which is nice. Uh, but I probably, I 
probably just gonna craft the the charms because I like getting the charms. Um, and yeah. Also, I've been watching The Mandalorian. I'm all caught up. If there was a sixth episode today, I haven't watched that yet, but I've watched the first five episodes. Really liking it. I think the fifth episode was by far the weakest, but still decent. Uh, the end of the third episode was a lot of fun. It's it's nice to finally have the coolness of Boba Fett realized in this series. I don't I don't remember the the prequels. Maybe Jango Fett was actually cool. I don't know, but it's nice that you see these bounty hunters, these Mandalorians, and it's like oh shit, they're actually really cool um, because Boba Fett was like the fucking ugh. I mean Boba Fett and Captain Fandango are just these characters who are designed and meant to be these supposed badasses and then when you see them in action you're like you you're a big deal you were a big deal you suck you both suck what is the point of you you're just a bunch of garbage um but yeah a lot of fun some really cool stuff happening in them uh and i forget the actor's name but the 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 guy who was doing the Mandalorian who was on Game of Thrones, and I think he was in Narcos as well. He does a really good job uh, of giving character to the Mandalorian with his voice. Um, so yeah, pretty good. You know, it's, it's rare for me to watch a show. Still, The Boys is still my number one of the, the year. Also, I watched The Peanut Butter Falcon, and I wish I remembered to talk about this earlier, because at this point, I'm sure a lot of people have turned it off already. But... Peanut Butter Falcon is this movie with Shia LaBeouf, with Dakota Johnson, I think is her name, who she was in Fifty Shades of Grey, and then it's starring a a young man with Down syndrome, and it's about this adventure they go on. Uh, he breaks out of this old people's home where he is living to find this wrestler to learn how to wrestle, and it's just about the little adventure that he has with Shia LaBeouf, basically, and then Dakota Johnson's character when she joins the, the group as well to get there. Um, and my favorite part about it is that there's a point where a, a young kid, I don't know, probably like 12 or whatever, is egging on the, the guy with Down syndrome to jump in the water. He can't swim and he keeps telling like, you know, jump, jump, jump. And he's pushing him and Shia LaBeouf hears him from a little far and telling him to stop it because he can't swim. And the kid just is like, screw you, old dude, and keeps egging him on. Eventually, he convinces him. He might even like give him a little pat on the back that convinces the guy to jump in the water. And... My favorite thing is that before Shia LaBeouf, because he's going up, climbing up this whatever little platform, before he jumps in the water to save uh, the one guy, he punches the kid in the face. And it's not like a light punch, he just straight up punches him in the face. And I love that. It is one of my favorite things in any movie this year, because it is a fantasy that I and I think a lot of people have had. You, know, you, you see a kid being a real piece of shit, and you just want to punch him in the face. But they're a kid, so you can't punch him in the face. So you just like, God damn you fucking kid. You're lucky you're a kid. Because if you weren't a kid, I'd punch you in the fucking face. And Shia LaBeouf punched this kid in the face. And it was the best. It was so... Oh, God. I'll never forget the first time I saw Shia LaBeouf punch a kid in the face. Anywho, that will really do it for this here episode. So, thank you all for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode. And I hope you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day bye bye great weekend great weekend too bye, bye.